Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. The 108th edition of the Four Corners Podcast starts right now. Black holding high, goes to Darty. Darty in the double team, gives it back to Black with 20 seconds left to play. Goes back to Michael Jordan, jumper from out on the left, good! Rebounded by Weber. Michigan out of timeout. Weber front court, Carolina with foul. He takes the timeout, they're out of timeout. Technical foul, technical foul on Michigan. Ed Corbett. He can run the baseline, hands in the ball. Brown gets it into Williams. Here comes Williams' front court. Williams on the drive. Gets it back out to him. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May! It's over! Carolina has won the national championship! 89-72. And how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champions. Matthews. Off the mark, and this year the confetti is going to fall for North Carolina. They're not going to be denied this time. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh and Anthony back with you guys tonight. We have a bracket, fellas. The 68 team. 2022 NCAA tournament bracket was revealed earlier this evening, and Carolina learned their fate, kind of what we thought it was going to be entering today. They are a eight seed in the East region, um, so another another eight seed for Carolina in the East. I thought they were going to be in the Midwest or the South, but ultimately they wind up on the East side of the bracket, and they will face Marquette, a nine seed. From the Big East in their first round matchup. Of course, Carolina and Marquette met a year ago in a game that wasn't supposed to be played, but after multiple ACC games being postponed due to the pandemic, Carolina scheduled a random home game with Marquette, and Marquette came into, into Chapel Hill and beat Carolina, but it was a recruiting visit for Dawson Garcia, who would transfer out of Marquette into Carolina. Unfortunately for him, he will not be available to play in this matchup. He stepped away for the team for the rest of the season due to family family issues back home in Minnesota. Um, the game will tip off at 4.30 on TBS on Thursday. And um, the last time Carolina played an NCAA tournament game in the state of Texas, we got to go back to 2016. That was the Final Four site. We don't got to tell you what happened in that state on that Monday night, but that was the last time Carolina was in um, the Lone Star State to play in an in NCAA tournament game. And also for the second straight year, Carolina is an eight seed. Their one seed in their bracket are the Baylor Bears, um, who, of course, went on to win the national championship last year over Gonzaga in Indianapolis. So, buddy, um, just your – just your initial first reactions. Uh, Carolina's region was the last region to be unveiled, so we had to wait a little bit to see where Carolina was going to be seated. 
um, and 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 find out who their first opponent was. Um, but you know, this team this team came a long way. At the beginning of February, we didn't know if this team was going to make the NCAA tournament. And after a, a home loss to Pittsburgh in the middle of February, the the outlook re- looked really bleak. But since then, they they picked up a win at Virginia Tech, a win at Duke to really secure themselves in the tournament and ultimately lock them down in that eight seed in the East region. Yeah, no, you're you're right. I mean, the last three weeks have really just kind of been a roller coaster because it started out where Carolina was feeling pretty good, you know, about where they were at. You were imagining that all you had to do was kind of win the the games that you had remaining on your schedule that you felt were winnable. And if you lost that game at the end of the season to Duke, you'd still be it. But I think in the end, this was ultimately a better scenario for Carolina was you know, beating Duke. And look, you can go back and say, well, you know, what happens if they beat Pittsburgh? And what you know what? If they beat Pittsburgh, who knows if they beat Duke? This is just this is how things work themselves out. And Carolina ends up being an eight seed. And honestly, you know, it's almost kind of shocking to look and see that last year's team was a nine seed and this year's team's an eight seed because it feels like this year's team is miles ahead of last year's team. And I know people are going to be critical of the loss to Virginia Tech in the ACC tournament. But I still feel like this team, even with the depth issues that they have, should give you a lot more hope than that team a year ago. Look, I had that team a year ago in the Sweet 16. That was literally just a a guy filling out a bracket with a little bit of bias because there is no chance on God's green earth that if Carolina had found a way to beat Wisconsin, they would have ended up beating that Baylor team. Wouldn't have happened. So this year, you know, it's 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 a better it's a better overall draw, I think, for Carolina. Um, and look, you know, I think Carolina got lucky because they were one of the teams that I think the NCAA, you know, kind of got right. Uh, I was one of a few because there were many that the committee got wrong. Um, And I was really starting to worry that Carolina would be in that Midwest bracket and that they could end up being a 10 seed just to have the Greenville pull. But I think after they revealed the West bracket and you saw that both Duke and Davidson were there, you probably felt a little more confident, but ultimately, yeah, I think it's, you know, good, a good spot for Carolina, but, the thing is, is that until you can really get off of this spot that you've been the last two years in that 8-9 game, it's going to feel hard. It's going to be hard to feel overly confident that Carolina is going to be able to advance to the second weekend without much issue. Yeah, and I mean, look, here's the thing. Carolina does have history as an eight seed in the NCAA tournament. They made the 2000 Final Four under Bill Guthridge as an eight seed. Um, Dean Smith knocked off Oklahoma in a shot that Rick Fox made to take down the number one seed Sooners uh, at one point as an eight seed in the NCAA tournament. So Carolina, even with all the pageantry and the history and tradition of this program, they, they're not – this isn't going to be an unfamiliar spot for the, 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 the program as a whole and for this team because the uh, majority of last year's team um, that, that came back, well, they were an eight seed just a year ago. Um, and they'll understand, have a better understanding of what kind of level of intensity and focus that they're, they're going to have to bring into the game because um, now it's win or go home. Um, and, and so I do think 
drawing back after last year's disappointing loss to Wisconsin, I think we'll 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 pay dividends. And what was the one thing that came out of that loss last year? Was the guy that immediately dressed the team after the game finished up was Hubert Davis. That's the guy who's also the head coach of this team now because Roy Williams, of course, retired. He took over. And um, I think over the last three or four weeks, you've seen a fan base, including myself, that was very critical of the first-time head coach really swing in a positive favor because I do think he's pushed the right buttons as of late. He's gotten about as much out of this team as you can ask him to, playing roughly just seven guys on a night-in, night-out basis. Um, and he's done a lot of tremendous things during his first year as a head coach at the at, at, in, in college basketball at a program that is the stature of North Carolina. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll get you this week's ad from DraftKings. And then when we come back, we're going to break down into that seating that Anthony mentioned that the committee did. Kind of talk about the, the job the committee did overall as a whole. Look at Carolina's side of the bracket. Touch on Marquette just a little bit. And even give our final four predictions before we get out of this edition of the Four Corners Podcast. As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. College basketball fans, join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your favorite team's victory into your own big win, and we mean the Tar Heels. Bet on the heels to get it done, guys. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win, the Tar Heels, and get $200 in free bets if they do so. It's that simple. If they win, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still join the College Hoops action with DraftKings Pools. Everyone can play free pools all March long for a shot at a share of over $250,000 in prizes. Simply join a pool and answer questions like who will make it to the next round and who will hit the most three-pointers. Then track your results. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TBPN. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 plus restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Really hope you guys are taking great advantage of all these great offers, both on the Four Corners podcast, same for Anthony over there on the Heel Tough Blog podcast, as well as we're getting you ready for the upcoming 2022 NCAA tournament. You mentioned the, the seeding that the committee did. So we'll, we'll start from the, the basis of Carolina, because this is a Carolina-based podcast. We will touch on some other seeding issues um, that we saw as well in the, in the field. And look, entering the day, we kind of thought Carolina was going to end up at the 8-9 line, and um, that's where they end up. They end up as an 8 seed. So I do think that the committee got it right, but I don't know based off of the way that the committee seeded this bracket. Like we talked so much going into the ACC tournament that if Carolina made a run to the ACC tournament final and got beat or even won the ACC tournament, that it, it could have improved their seeding to a seven seed or even maybe a six seed. Looking at the bracket we have now, I don't think that was possible. I think no matter really what Carolina would have done, 
I think the best they might have gotten to was a seven seed, but it kind of felt like from the way that this this thing got seeded, they were an eight seed, and that was the best they could do no matter what they did in Brooklyn. Oh, I wouldn't doubt it. Um, I mean, honestly, look, this there are always issues with this time of year, Selection Sunday in particular, when these brackets are put together by the committee. There's always a team or two that people get fired up about and say, look, they should have been in the tournament. This is the most backlash I have ever seen from a tournament bracket overall and overall just the team selections as as well. Uh, Mm -hmm. Texas A&M not making the bracket is pathetic. Uh, There's no other way around it. There are teams that did not deserve to be in here, including a team that – honestly, probably helped Carolina get to the eight line because they were in the tournament uh, in Michigan. But, uh, you know, then you look at some of these, some of the seedings. I mean, how in the hell is Tennessee not a two seed? How are two teams that were beat before them in the SEC tournament ahead of them? It's just, that's head scratching. It's mind blowing. Um, So, yeah, I mean, overall, you know, as a Toriel fan, you probably shouldn't feel that bad about where Carolina was seated because there was more than likely a chance. And, and honestly, once I started seeing some of the seedings that were coming out, I started saying to myself, are we sure that Carolina is not going to be a 10 seed? Yeah. Because there is enough. You you could see them convincing themselves that, look, that Pittsburgh loss was that damaging. And honestly, Joe Lenardi said it, and what it, it honestly just shocked me, that the committee does not really take into account the fact of what happens on Sundays of Conference Championship Week, which is just, for the, the fact that he honestly admitted that is laughable. Um, this is one of the first times where you honestly feel rather concerned about the NCAA selection committee, because these are the types of issues that we're used to talking about with the college football playoff selection committee, not the NCAA selection committee for the tournament. They've done a really good job throughout the years, but this year, I think, I think they kind of swung and missed, but Carolina gets lucky. Um, you know, who knows? I, I would have liked to see him maybe as a seven seed, especially with some of these vulnerable two seeds. I would have loved to see them be a seven seed in that Midwest, um, not only because you would play in Greenville, but because you would have a chance to potentially play Auburn, a team that I think Carolina would probably match up pretty well against. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. And I, I feel like at this point, you can't really be too mad if you're a Tar Heel fan, because again, as you mentioned, when we came into the show, this was a team that a couple of weeks ago, we weren't even sure they were making a tournament. So I'll take it. Yeah, and, you know, I, I do think I'm with you. Um, the fact that A&M didn't make the field, I thought, was a, was a swing and miss by the committee. I thought Michigan being solidly in the field, not not having to go play in the first four in Dayton, I thought that was a misconstrued seating by the, the, the tournament committee as well. Um and then the, the fact – look, Lenardi isn't wrong. They they enter Sunday with the bracket just about filled out. 
So the only really adjustment they were going to have to make was if A&M won the SEC tournament, which they didn't, they lose to Tennessee, and then had with, with really with, with Richmond beating um, Davidson in the uh, the A-10 final, that, that just knocked one team out. They just had to replace them on the seed line. Um, but I, I did think they got Carolina's seeding right. You look at the record, 24-9, and healthy, 15-5 and um, in their conference, healthy, but just three and eight in those quad one games. So they 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 played to their seat line like they did last year, which was an eight seed. So I did think that part they did get right. Looking at our bracket overall really quickly here, we're not gonna break down every in the in every individual matchup, but um it there's there's a there's a path for Carolina, but it's also a difficult path. The one sixteen is Baylor Norfolk State. Then you got of course Carolina Marquette, the eight nine. The 5-12, St. Mary's, and St. Mary's will get the winner of Wyoming or Indiana from the first four matchup. The 4-13 is UCLA and Akron. The 6-11 is Texas and the ACC tournament uh, winners, Virginia Tech. The 3-14, Purdue and Yale. The 7-10, Murray State and the Racers and San Francisco, who's out of the West Coast Conference. The down at the bottom, the 215 is Kentucky and St. Peter's. You had Carolina last year in the Sweet 16 making a run, taking down the top seed Baylor. I had Carolina losing in the in the second round last year against top seeded Baylor. Does this bracket this year give Carolina a more favorable draw to make a deep run in this year's version of the NCAA tournament, in your opinion? Uh, call me stupid, but yes. Um, You're stupid. Because here's the thing. First of all, the one seed Baylor, I think we can all agree, is not as good as they were last year. There was a time earlier in the year where you might have said, overall, the talent here might be better. But that's not the case anymore. Part of it is because of injuries. Part of it is that I think that may have been a point where you – may have been a little overreactionary earlier in the season. Um, but now that's a team that, look, they they bowed out of the, of the quarterfinals of the Big 12 championship for a reason. So I think that they're it, – it's, it's a more attractive matchup this time around than it was a year ago. Um, I think if, if Carolina can get past them – um, which, I mean, look, can't take Marquette lightly. You, you've got to come ready to play against them. I think that's easily a much better draw, though, than Wisconsin from a year ago. Um, first of all, I don't think that this team has the sort of matchup nightmare uh, that, Car- that that Wisconsin did a year ago of the three-point shooting and the experience, which yeah. was you know, something that was a huge weakness going in. That, that was – when we saw that, that – matchup revealed last year we immediately said oh this is this is not good yep like we know this team exposes some of the weaknesses and look i think even this year's team matched up against us with the wisconsin team last year i would feel more confident about this this team's chances this year to get the job done against them so i think you know with where carolina's at and where their overall draw you got to feel good at that four five not really all that daunting. Probably one of the better ones that you could get, especially seeing some of the five seeds. I mean, 
St. Mary's, I think that's probably one of the weaker five seeds. I mean, I would say Connecticut's probably the weakest of the group, but that's still one where if you got there, you probably feel pretty good about your chances. I mean, I know that that St. Mary's team took Gonzaga to the woodshed um, in the final weekend of the regular season, but still. Um, and then UCLA, uh, if, they, if they make it there, I mean, look, they, they – I, I know that they beat Carolina earlier in the year, but you just it, it this just feels like a UCLA team that was playing pretty well early in the season, just going off the high of what they did in the tournament last year. I don't think they're playing as good now, but look, they did make the Pac-12 tournament final. Um, but still, I, I feel like that's one where even Carolina could match up a lot better with them and having seen them earlier in the year would probably help them. So, yeah, I, I think that part's pretty good. Now, the bottom part of the bracket, eh, probably a little bit tougher. I mean, Purdue, Kentucky down there, those are the two that you're probably looking at the most. Um, so I, I, I think that would kind of be where maybe a run would run out of, some, run out of steam. But, yeah, this one definitely sets up. I mean, honestly, we've, we've joked about the past, and for a lot of the time it's been true that Duke always gets the easiest bracket. I think Carolina's in the easiest bracket this year. I think this is probably the one that you look at and feel is the most, the, the most navigatable. So let's see what Carolina can do with it. Yeah, I, I do think this year's bracket does lead to more of a run or a chance for a run for Carolina. With their first opponent, as you mentioned, I think Carolina matches up better with Marquette than they did last year with Wisconsin. As you mentioned, they had that great three-point shooting and all that experience. Uh, Marquette's playing under a new head coach this year, Shaka Smart, who has had his fair share of success against Carolina during his time at Texas, but um, a much more favorable matchup there. And, and Baylor isn't the same Baylor a year ago, where Baylor was – clearly the best team in college basketball, and they proved that on their way to a national championship. Not the case this year. When they're healthy, they are in the mix of teams that can get back to the Final Four and cut down the nets, but um, they, they won't be at full strength in the tournament, and um, they've suffered a, a handful of injuries throughout the season where they're kind of on, on a day-to-day basis trying to figure out who they have and who they don't have. And um, as you work your way through the bracket, until you get really down to Purdue or, or, or Kentucky, every other team has their, their fair share of flaws that, that Carolina could even expose. Even this version of a Carolina team that um, isn't as, uh, as good as I think we thought they were going to be entering the season, but they have, I guess, rounded into form as best as they could this year, given all the stuff they've had going on and off the court. So, um, you know, I thought after the Duke game, I thought this team had a legit chance to make the second weekend of the tournament. I still think that they can. Um, and I also think they can do it much more easier than they would have if, if than they would have done it had they done so last year. Just some early thoughts on the opponent on Thursday. We're not going to fully break down Marquette tonight, but the Golden Eagles did go 19 and 12 in the during the regular season, and they were 11 and 8 in Big East play. They are led by Justin Lewis, who averages 17.1 points and roughly or nearly eight rebounds per game um, for for Marquette. 
Carolina last faced Marquette in the NCAA tournament back in 2011 in Newark, a a Sweet 16 route for Carolina um, on their way to the Elite Eight that year. Um, and look, this is going to be a, a different matchup for the for the Tar Heels. Something we'll break down a little bit more later in the week. Um, but if you if, you're, if you follow college basketball, and you're familiar with the name Shaka Smart. You know they're going to press. You know they're going to want to speed the game up and make the game ugly. Um, and so it'll be a, a, a really big test for Carolina as they try to get in, Hubert Davis his first ever NCAA tournament win. Let's have some fun though, really quick before we get out of here. Um, of course, you and I. We're longtime best friends. We love this type of event. And um, ever since we became, you know, adults, we like to wager a little bit. Um, and, and now we don't put money on the line or anything like that because, well, we both work in radio. We don't have a lot of money. But we always put a good lunch on the line. Um, and the way that you and I do it is whoever picks the most correct games wins, and that means the loser has to buy lunch. We're not going to spill through our whole entire bracket just yet, but I wanted to give you an opportunity um, to to lay out your teams that you think will compete in the Final Four this year in New Orleans later this month and into April. Well, so yeah, out of the West, I've got Gonzaga. Uh, out of the East, which is our, our part of the bracket, I've got Purdue, and I actually have them beating Carolina to get there. I have us in the Elite Eight this year. Um out of the South, I have Tennessee. Uh, I think they just have enough get over the hump for uh, the first time uh, Rick Barnes' teams gets to the Final Four. And my preseason pick, Kansas, out of the Midwest. If Kansas can get Zaga uh, in the title game, and I got to go uh, with my preseason pick, Kansas, I think they're just rounding their form at the right time. I hate it. Because, as we know, Carolina suffered some really heartbreaking losses to Kansas uh, during this time of year. But something just tells me Bill Self's got his guys playing uh, their best basketball at the right time. Yeah, it's not going to be too much of a surprise that you and I kind of had the same thoughts in the in the Final Four. I also have Gonzaga coming out of the West bracket to, to get back to the Final Four. That would be the third time in five years for Mark Few's squad um, that he's gotten that program to the, the pinnacle of college basketball. Um, as for the East, that's our region. Um, I have Carolina dropping in the round of 32 to Baylor, um, but I also do have Purdue coming out of the East to make the Final Four as well because Matt Painter has now entered that, that, that category of coaches that I want to see coaching a Final Four. He's done a great job at that program, has been underrated so many times, the job he's done there. Now there's pressure on him to finally get there. He's built a, you know, he's got that thing rolling uh, up there in West Lafayette now. I do think this is the year that they break through and make the Final Four. Out of the South, I've got our nemesis Villanova uh, making, making the Final Four under Jay Wright. Um, I think that's going to be a really interesting bra- uh, bracket to, to keep an eye on because Arizona's had a magical season, but they've got a first-time head coach. They're dealing with some injuries of their own. you got an Illinois team in there who I think if they wound up in New Orleans, you wouldn't be overly surprised as well. Tennessee is a great selection by you because um, they're one of the best – they're one of the hottest teams in the country. Um, just having won the SEC tournament, they've only lost two games since the calendar turned um, to start 2022, the beginning of the year. And down the Midwest, I do think Kansas does make it out of of that bracket to make it to the Final Four. 
Um, and then so I have um, Gonzaga beating Purdue. I have Kansas beating Nova with Kansas beating Gonzaga to ultimately win the 2022 national championship, which would be Bill Self's second. In addition to our final four predictions, what and – and I'll go first – what uh you know upsets really stand out to you? Um, in the South, I have Loyola Chicago, the ten seed, taking down the seven seed, the Ohio State. Um, as Sister Jean works her magic again to get another first round tournament win for the small school that is Loyola Chicago. You go down to the Midwest. I like South Dakota to take down Providence. Providence has had a really good season. Um. But getting blown out by 30 by Creighton in the Big East tournament is not going to have a lot of people feeling very confident in them making some sort of deep run into March this year. You go to our side of the bracket. The the only upset that I, I think you could really see, um, I, I do think, I do think if if Yale could control the tempo against Purdue, um, that that would be one. Seed-wise, I have Virginia Tech beating Texas, which would be deemed an upset based on seeds. But other than that, that wouldn't be too much of an upset in my opinion. And you go up to the top up there in the the West, um, I, I do think whoever wins the play-in game of Rutgers and Notre Dame, I do think that team will beat Alabama in the first round of the, of the NCAA tournament. Um, and, then I, and then I would keep an eye on that Davidson-Michigan State game. I do think Davidson is going to be a really tough matchup. I know they lost today in the A-10 final to Richmond, but um, I do think they they will give Tom Izzo and Sparty a lot to handle. And they would be a team that if they got matched up with Duke, would be another nightmare matchup for the Blue Devils. They kind of play the same way Virginia Tech plays. And we saw what Virginia Tech did to both Carolina and Duke over the weekend up in Brooklyn. So um, what 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 type of upset stand out to you on, on your bracket so far, buddy? So, yeah, Rutgers – um, that's the team I think that's ultimately going to win that. But the winner of that game, I think, against Alabama is gr- a great matchup. Um, you always look to one of those playing teams to usually make at least some sort of run, although I think their next matchup would be a little too tough to see them getting past. Um, the other one in that bracket, I know Arkansas has had a great year, but, man, Vermont's been to the tournament a ton. They are so that program is so used to being there. They had another amazing season. And boy, they just absolutely hammered UMBC in their final. I mean, they won I I forget what the final score was. I think they may have won by 38 if I re- remember the final score correctly. My god. Um so that might this might be their year to finally pull that upset. Um, you know, Loyola, Chicago, yeah, I think that's one that everybody's pretty much on. But I even took it a step further. I have that team in the Sweet 16. I think they beat the team that you think comes out of that region in Villanova because they've just been there so often um, that it's no longer really even that they're a Cinderella. Um, so I think, yeah, they're definitely one to keep an eye on. I didn't go with the upset, but I think you're right. I think South Dakota State and Providence. I actually think even Richmond in that matchup against Iowa could be one to watch because you're going to have two teams that made deep runs into uh, to, to win their championship games on Sunday. We'll see how they end up responding um, on what is a relatively short turnaround for them. So I think that one could be interesting. But the biggest one that I have uh, in that part of the bracket, I'll save uh, for just a minute, 
on our side, I honestly have the first round as chalk, although I do think Indiana could be interesting because they were really playing well at the end of the season. If they end up getting by Wyoming, I think them against St. Mary's uh, could be interesting. And then I think one, I guess it could be an upset, but really it's two evenly matched mid-majors. Murray State-San Francisco is going to be a heck of a game um, down at the bottom of that bracket. So I think that'll definitely be one to keep an eye on. My biggest upset, though, comes from that Midwest region. I have Colgate in the Sweet 16. I think that they will go in and take down Wisconsin. Wisconsin feels like probably the most vulnerable three seed, and I was kind of looking for one of those three seed upsets. And then in the next round, I don't think it matters who you get there because I think LSU is a team that right now is going through as much turmoil as you can possibly go through. Uh, I mean, have we ever seen a scenario like this before where a team you know goes in? It wasn't like they had a bad loss in their conference tournament game, um, but they end up firing their head coach. Now, this was, of course, due to all the off-the-court issues that Will Wade has had. So they're going in with an interim coach as a sixth seed in the NCAA tournament. Meanwhile, you have Iowa State, who was great at the start of the year, but they might be the team, one of the teams playing their worst basketball heading into the NCAA tournament. So I think that sets up to where if Colgate can pull the upset, I think they can make the run to the Sweet 16. And they've had two really strong years back-to-back. This year, uh, you know, they're they're one of those teams that got off to a really good start um, and and has continued that throughout the year. So I think Colgate in the Sweet 16 is probably my biggest uh, Cinderella team so far. Hey, I mean, look, this is this is what we love about this time of year is looking at the bracket, looking at the brackets, breaking down the matchups and really trying to figure out what all craziness can exist. And uh, I think we've seen that across all sports this year as we kind of return to normal post the, you know, coming out of the pandemic that, you know, the, the MLB playoffs, they, they had something that we didn't expect. Uh, the NFL postseason was as great as we can ever remember it. I think we're going to be in store for a crazy three weekends of college basketball course the tournament not back in a bubble they're back going across the country um, with eight sites on the first weekend of course then getting you to the 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 host the host regional sites and of course the final four so i think we're going to be in store for some great college basketball action over the next three weeks and uh really really excited to just sit down thursday and friday and and get a headache for how much basketball that we watch and uh so we're really excited for this time of year and uh really just hoping to see what Carolina can put together and, and make some sort of deep run and give us an NCAA tournament memory that we'll remember for the rest of our lives. What well, is going to wrap up this edition of the Four Corners podcast, but we do encourage you guys to go to the website, HeelToughBlog.com, for the latest football and basketball coverage as I'll be carrying you through the remainder of the NCAA, uh, the remainder of the season as Carolina and I will be competing in the NCAA tournament. As for the podcast, you know where to find us. Every major podcasting platform, just simply search the Four Corners podcast and we will show up. Like the podcast, review the podcast. Most importantly, hit that subscribe button. That way you don't miss any additions of the podcast throughout the remainder of the season. What is going to wrap up this edition of the pod? I do want to thank Anthony for hosting with me once again. I want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels.
The Four Corners Podcast is a proud member of the Basketball Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at HoopsPodNet or visit our website, www.thebasketballpodcastnetwork.com to find the best basketball podcast.